This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Alam naj'al lahu aynayn, walisanan wa shafatayn, wa hadaynahun najdayn. These three ayat are rhetorical question. They go together. So we'll look at them together. Didn't we furnish him with two eyes? Didn't we put two eyes there for him? Alam naj'allahu aynayn. Walisanan, didn't we give him a tongue? Washafatain, didn't we give him two lips? Wahadainahun najdain, didn't we guide him to the two hills? Two elevated patches of land. When you go, by the way, you can go up this hill, you can go up that hill. When you go up either hill, is it going to be easy or hard? It's a hill. It's going to be hard either way. You remember previously Allah said, Allah created the human being in labor. Whether you go towards Islam or you go towards Kufr, it ain't like struggle won't be there. You will, you will suffer, you will be exhausted, and you will, you will feel toil and difficulty and, and harshness either way. And Allah showed you both ways. Look, this life is full of struggle. You want something at the end of it that's worth it or not, that's up to you. But let's go back and talk about these eyes and these, the, the tongue and especially then on top of that, the lips. Because once you say tongue, why do you even have to mention the lips? وَلِسَانًا shafatain. On a side note first, one of the coolest things I, I studied today was the meaning of the word lisan. So I, I can't help myself but share that with you. Lisan is the Arabic word for tongue, also the Arabic word for language. One of the words in Arabic for language. Uh, but its origin is very interesting. اللِسَانُ مَعْرُوفُ وَالْمِلْسَنْ بِالْكَسْرَةِ حَجَرٌ يَجْعَلُونَهُ فِي أَعْلَى بَابِ بَيْتٍ يَبْنُونَهُ مِنْ حِجَارَةِ وَيَجْعَلُونَ اللُّحْمَةَ السَّبْعُ لُحْمَةَ السَّبْعِ فِي مُؤَخَّرِهِ فَإِذَا دَخَلَ السَّبْعِ فَتَنَاوَلَ اللُّحْمَةَ فَسَقَتَ الْحَجَرْ عَلَى الْبَابِ فَسَدَّهُمْ وَبِذَا يُصَيِّدُونَ السَّبْعِ The word lisan comes from the word milsan. Milsan is a trap that they used to build on top of a door. Would they put a giant rock on top? And they're hoping that a coyote or a, or a lion or whatever else, they put some meat on the door. It'll come, it'll be drawn towards the, 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 the meat. When it starts eating the meat, it pulls on the rock, falls on them, killing the animal. That's how they used to set a trap for the animal. Okay? This is actually called a milsan. And the reason it's called a milsan is in the origin of the word lisan, is the idea of drawing somebody in for the kill. In other words, language at its essence is supposed to be a means of conquering people with words. To trap them with words. To captivate, captivate them. It is as though the Arabs recognize that the most powerful language, or the most powerful weapon at the disposal of, at the disposal of a human being is actually language. If you realize that, then you realize that Allah gave us the most powerful weapon there is. His own word. What can attract humanity more than the word of Allah itself? The lisan of the Qur'an itself, bilisanin arabiyyin mubin. So language is to be used carefully to draw people in. And killing doesn't mean destroying people here. It actually means to conquer people, to take over the hearts and minds of people with good words. Because you know like the Arab says, nasu abidu lihsan. People are enslaved to goodness. A good, kind word can actually own, you can own somebody's heart with a good, kind word. You can do that. And so that's the, kind of a side note on the meanings of the word lisan. But now let's go back. When Allah says, didn't we furnish them two eyes? What's the purpose of saying two eyes? It's not just generically, Allah has given us the gift of two eyes, yes He has, also two hands, also two feet, etc. etc. Why is He highlighting eyes? What's the benefit of eyes? Seeing. What did He call on us to see already? He called us on us to take a good look at the land. This land, which He swore by. 
He asked us to take a good look at the messenger who's being mistreated. Everybody can see it with their eyes. He asked them to take a good look inside of themselves, the history of this land. أَلَمْ نَجْعَلَّهُ عَيْنَيْنِ Did we not furnish the human being with two eyes? Don't you see who this is? Don't you recognize who this is? Can't you tell his character is different from everybody else's? You don't see that with your eyes? And if he says, if you think he's saying nonsense, if you think what he's saying is a lie, is magic, is poetry, it's, it's, a, it's a conspiracy, whatever you think it is, you have a tongue, why is it locked between your two lips? Why don't you have a response to this Qur'an? Why don't you have anything to say in the, against it? Why is the Qur'an so capable of constantly silencing you to the point, and this, this is the point, the Quraysh prided themselves over their speech. You know that, right? They prided themselves over language. And when they opposed the Prophet ﷺ, they could have opposed, because the Prophet, he didn't bring a, an army with him. Rasulullah did not bring ﷺ, he didn't bring an army, he didn't bring money, he didn't bring control, he just brought words. That's all he had is words. And the best way to defeat words is what? Words. I mean, if he has words, we can just, we are, there's more of us, we can hold joint meetings and come up with better words. End of the problem. Why would the Quraysh, who have held the sanctity of this land, who know on top of that, not only are they the custodians of the Kaaba, on top of that they're tribal people. Arabs never attack one of their own. They're willing to violate the sanctity of the Kaaba, for which they are known all over the land. They're willing to violate the constitution of their own tribe. And they're willing to spill blood of the Prophet ﷺ. But what they cannot do is, which is supposed to be so much easier, just come up with words. You don't have to kill anybody. You don't have to do Badr or Uhud or Ahsab. You don't have to do any of that. Just come up with words that silences the Prophet ﷺ. That overcomes him. That people say, yeah, well, Qur'an was pretty impressive, but this is, this is something else. This is 2.0 baby. This, this, this wins. KO. You know, like you have in, in some of the youth here know, they have those like, I don't even know what they're called, uh, but they're like spitting matches against rappers. Rappers have spitting matches against each other. What are they called? Huh? A rap battle. Why not? And they had, they, they had those battles back in the day, the, the, the Shi'ir battles. They had rap battles back in the day. Qur'an is dropping ayat, one after the other. Why don't you just respond? The fact that they couldn't respond, the fact that their tongue, which is so eloquent, the tongue in Arabic is also an expression of eloquence. That the tongue is contained within what? The shafatain. Despite the problem that they see. Solve this problem, open your mouth. Is actually again a compelling evidence from Allah Azza wa Jal that they themselves know they have no response. They know they got, they got nothing on the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And as a result of it, Allah has guided you to two very clear pathways. The wrong one, which you're going on, which clearly you're continuing on because you are now oppressing the Messenger of Allah. The fact that you're attacking him and you know, persecuting him, planning on killing him, at the very least you know, conspiring to expel him from the land, all of those things are an indication that your tongues aren't good enough. That you've already chosen your path. So Allah has shown you, and Hadaynahu doesn't mean He guided people to the good direction and guided people to the wrong direction. A good guide stands in front of you and says, by the way, you go up this hill, and actually there are deadly animals up there, and it's actually you know, quicksand up there or whatever else, and you're gonna get killed. And you go up this hill, and on the other side of it, there's a garden, it's in your name. This guide guided you to both. He didn't tell you to take one or the other. He let you know what lies ahead. That's the idea of Huda here. He guided you in the sense He showed you what each of these leads to. You want to go, go ahead. You want to go, take, take, take it on. وَهَدَيْنَاهُ النَّجْدَيْنَ 
Now let's look at the word najd, because that's again a new word in the series of these uh, surahs. This is actually, وَالنَّجْدُ الْأَرْضُ الْمُرْتَفِعَ اِرْتِفَاعًا دُونَ الْجَبَلِ It's actually used for an elevated land other than a mountain. So that's something that you can almost say it leads to a mountain, but it's not a mountain itself. It's just elevated. In other words, it's a gradual progression, and as you go, you get more and more and more tired. So the idea that we're learning here is that human beings are going to gradually make progression towards their death, and as they do, they will, their bodies will become physically more and more and more weak anyway. They are going to experience exhaustion, just like if you imagine you're going up a hill, the first few steps are easy, then as you keep on going and keep on going, your body is going to start taking a toll. You're not going to have the same energy you did when you started off. That's your journey in life too. You're winding down as you go up. Okay, so that's that's the idea of najdain. فَالْمُرَادُ هُنَا طَرِيقَانِ نَجْدَانِ مُرْتَفِعَانِ أُسْتِعِيرَ النَجْدَانِ لِلْخَيْرِ وَالشَّرِ And it's an illusory reference to good and bad, is what Mufassirun have said here about it. As if Allah says in other places, إِنَّا هَدَيْنَاهُ السَّبِيلَ إِمَّا شَاكِرًا وَإِمَّا كَفُورًا We guided him to the path. He wants to be grateful or ungrateful, that's up to him. That's, that either way is up to him. وَالنِّجَادُ مِنَ الْأَرْضِ قِفَافُهَا وَصِلَابُهَا this is another interesting interpretation which has almost nothing to do with what I shared with you so far. We're going to go back to these ayat and look at them yet again with another point of view that's been offered by Mufassirun and it's also very obvious from the text. There is a kind of duality here. So what is that other interpretation? The child comes out of the mother, opens its eyes, and then the child, its tongue starts feeling against its lips. And then Allah guides it to the chest of its mother, the najdain. Najd is also used for the chest of, the, of a woman. وَهَدَيْنَاهُ najdain. It knows just to suckle from the mother. What, what does that mean? That means Allah endowed you, He made you capable of guidance. Even as a child, you were guided to the milk of your mother. And that by extension, Allah guided you to the truth. You think He just left you and guided you to drink milk from the mother and get rizq? No. As you grew old, He guided you with your intellect. He guided you with these same eyes. He guided you with this tongue to speak and ask questions. If you don't understand something the Prophet is saying, go ask your questions. Instead of attacking Him, speak with Him. You have a tongue. And, he, and you will see the, the, the rizq that will come before you. So it's, it's actually this duality inside of these ayat. And, now, and though I'm, I'm more inclined to the former that I shared with you. فَلَقْتَحَمَ الْعَقَبَةَ But no, unfortunately, neither did he decide to you know, jump into the... How do I describe aqaba? Aqaba is a difficult, treacherous path that is either heading upwards or downwards, mm-hmm. or it's up and down, up and down. That is, that, you know, when you look at it, you're like, nobody takes that road, I don't want to take it. That's aqaba. And iqtahama, the word... قَحَمَ الرَّجُلُ فِي الْأَمْرِ وَاقْتَحَمَ وَانْقَحَمَ رَمَى بِنَفْسِهِ فِيهِ مِنْ غَيْرِ رَوِيَةٍ رَمَى بِنَفْسِهِ فِي نَهَرْ أَوْ وَهْدَ أَوْ أَمْرٍ مِنْ غَيْرِ دُرْبَ When a person dives into something where everybody else says, no, no, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump in the lake, man. I'm gonna jump in the lake. You don't know how deep it is. Don't worry about it, man. I'm, gonna do, I'm just gonna do it. And all his friends are saying, no, 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 no. And he does iqtiham. He just dives in. He doesn't care about the consequences. He dives in. To take an action where everybody else is telling you, no, 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 no you don't do that. That's the wrong thing to do. Don't do that. And then aqaba is uncharted territory or difficult, a difficult path. That when you take, it's hard to go up or hard to go down. Because you know, as you're going up a hill or mountainous path, it's the imagery continued of the two hills. By the way, the first reference to location was balad. And balad is balad Makkah. And Makkah is mountainous region. The second reference to, to territory was najdain, hills. 
The third reference to territory is he didn't want to jump into this treacherous path that goes up a mountain or goes down the hill. or He didn't want to do it. What Allah is now describing is, Allah guided you to two paths. Let's keep the painting that Allah is painting in this surah. He's got, he guided you to two mountains or two hills. One of those hills seems like smooth. And even though it's smooth, you're going to be tired anyway. The other one is also going up. But as you take the first step, it actually seems like very few people have ever gone down this road. And everybody else is saying, oh, that's so much easier, just take that one. And when you are about to go this way, your friends, family, society says, no, 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 no. Let's, look at this. How can this be any good? Get away from this. You understand the imagery? The imagery is, Islam seems like a very strange decision. The first steps in Islam seem like, you must be crazy, what are you doing? And everybody around you is going to feel that way. They're gonna make you think that. And they're gonna make you think like you're not even thinking about it, like you're jumping into a ditch without knowing what's inside or how deep it is. Or you're jumping into the water not knowing what kind of dangers there are inside it. You're crazy! Don't jump into Islam. And Allah says, yeah, he heard all of this from people. And he decided, no, I'm not gonna take the leap. No, no, it's too much. I can't do it. فَلَقْتَحَمَ لَعْقَ This is the imagery of Allah saying, no, this person is not ready to take Islam. I've showed him both pathways. But he's not ready to take Islam. You know, if you were if you were to follow the logic of this picture, you know what you would get? You would get Islam is a road that starts very difficult and ends only and only with ease. And then kufr is a road that starts what? Easy and ends only and only with difficulty. That's the that's the paint that's the picture that's been painted in just these brief words, falaqtahamal akaba.